Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Can we stand to your feet? Can we stand to our feet this morning? Whether you're in the house, whether you're joining us online, let's praise Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. If I could get one or two people just to clap their hands this morning. Wandering through the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul. Another one, I am free. I am free. I am free. 
Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. If you're thanking God, indicate to show me. Start clapping your hands, lifting your voices unto the Lord. For we serve a great and king, a great God. He, gro- he rose on the third day triumphantly. 
And we say it is to God be the glory for the things he's done. At this time, we are going to enter into our worship, but in a time of prayer. And those who have any prayer requests, if you're watching, happy Easter to you. We welcome you from the Christ Center Church, where Christ is our central focus. If you have any prayer requests, please type it in the chat and also on comment on any our social media platforms. And those who are here, if you have a prayer need, if you have a need today, what a day that we can yet pray for your need. If by indicating, by showing us and lifting of your hands, we can just lift our hands in the congregation. If you have a prayer request and a need, if we can stretch forth our, our saints, if we can just stretch forth our hands towards our brethren and a point of contact, believing God that he's going to heal. We're going to pray for the peace of Israel. We're going to pray for our country. We're going to pray for this church that we may be a blessing to the Northeast. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks. Father, we thank you for this Easter Sunday. It's a day that we can all celebrate around the world that there is one fact, there's one truth, that Jesus got up from the grave and he got up with all power in his hand. We thank you for coming out of your grave and we can become righteous because we were once in sin and you took us and you redeemed us and you purchased with your own blood. And we thank you because if we decide to give our life to you, you can give us new life. I pray for healing in my brother's hand, in my sister's hand right now. We pray for Israel. We pray for our country. We pray for God to do wonders in the midst of us today. Heal, set free, delivered. We thank you, God, right now. What you're going to do, bless the furtherance of his service. This is a happy day because we know that our Savior lives. Our Savior lives. Our Savior has redeemed us. And we have such a hope, a hope that makes us not ashamed. God bless you. Put your hands together because God is alive. Jesus is risen. And we believe that he is still Lord in Jesus' name. God bless you. Hallelujah. Let's continue to praise him this morning. Put your hands together this morning. Let's continue to praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. I was breathing but not alive. For my failures I tried to hide. It was my tomb till I met you. You called my name. Then I ran out of that grave. Out of the dawn, out of the dawn, into your glorious day. You called my name. You call my name, then I ran out of that grave, out of the dark, out of the dark, into your, into your, everybody clap your hands. Sing now your mercy, now your mercy has saved my soul, my soul. Yeah. now your freedom, now your freedom. 
Now your mercy, now your mercy has saved my soul. My soul. Now your freedom is all I know. The old made new. The old made new. Jesus, when I made you, you called my name. Then I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness, out of the darkness, into your, into your glorious day. You called my name. You called my name. Then I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness. Out of the darkness. Into your glorious hands. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Everybody clap your hands. Hallelujah. I needed rescue, my sin was heavy, but chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan, but you called me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing, now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future. Then I ran out of that grave, out of the dark, out of the darkness, into your glorious face. Hey, you called my name. Then I ran out of that grave, out of, out of the darkness, into your, into your glorious face. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody clap your hands. We bless your name. We bless your name. Anybody feel like having church this morning? Can we have some church this morning? Everybody clap your hands. Everybody clap your hands. Everybody clap your hands. Everybody clap your hands. I am free. I am free. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's just a blessing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm free. Why y'all stop clapping? Everybody clap your hands. I am free. I am free. I'm living in the light now. 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 I
church, right? Everybody clap your hands. Sing, I am free. I am free. Sing, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm free. No longer. No longer bound. Sing, no more chains holding no me. No more chains holding me. Sing, my soul is, my soul is resting. And it's just a blessing. It's just a blessing. Sing, praise the Lord.
opened your mouth and said, yes, Lord. Open your mouth and said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's just give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. If he has done great things for you, praise him this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We adore you. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated if you can. Amen. There is a spirit of anticipation this morning. Amen. God has been doing some good things in the hour that we're living in. Amen. Now we got to praise him each time we get the chance. Amen. Come on, IJ. Amen. We're going to praise him. Come on. Come on up here and praise him with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Amen. Hallelujah. Awesome. Praise God. What a spirit of worship this morning in this place. Oh, my God. Only if we could just get a grip of Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Amen. The things that he has in store for us. Oh, my God. Happy Easter to everyone. I'm just so excited about the Lord. I'm so excited about what he's doing in the hour that we're in. And my God, I'm going to keep praising him each time I have a chance. I'm going to praise him because he is worthy to be praised. We greet you all, online congregation. We're hoping that you're getting out of your seat and you're moving around wherever you are. Amen. God is moving on us this morning. And we're so glad to have everyone that is here this morning. We greet you all. Continue to worship the Lord with us in Jesus' name. Brother Tom is going to come on up with a few announcements. Amen. Good morning, church. There's an atmosphere here from the little ones to the big ones. So on that note, I'd like to share and, and just address this. Uh, before um, we uh, started worship, um, I walked around and I handed these to everyone who I hadn't given one to before. And these are our new guest cards. Uh, we were out yesterday out on the, uh, evangelizing in the community. And so what I'd like to do is to have you go out and greet people and say, this is what's going on here. Uh, some of you drive an hour to get in here. You could say that. That's a testimony. I drive a whole hour because of what's going on right here. Those of you online, we'll mail them to you. Text me. Text Patrice. Send us what you want. We'll send these to you, and you can invite people to join us online as well. The North Central Jersey District is having its um, annual conference. I talked about that last week. Uh, the conference is um, uh, the 22nd, which is a Friday, the 23rd, which is a Saturday. The national director, Scott Sistrunk, the national director, is coming to see us, and he is the keynote speaker. What's really important about that is that um, I'm hearing the headquarters in St. Louis is 
hearing about the things that are going on here. They're sending some of their national people. They're sending somebody to be able to address us. There's something special that takes place at, at district meetings. Join us. 7.30 on Friday for the worship service, 10 o'clock on Saturday for a little bit more of a business meeting, but there's good stuff that happens there. Same day. The youth is going to meet at 6 o'clock in the same church. The church is North, Cent North Jersey United Pentecostal Church. It's in Secaucus. The kids will get together um, at 7.30. It's called Move the Mission. Um, it'll, it, the, the kids always have a great time when they get together. Um, and see Brother and Sister Hasker for details. And then finally, please join us um, at the end of the month on the 30th. That's the next time we're going out into the community. There's something really cool going on right now in this community. Uh, the prayer that we're doing in the morning and all the things that are going on are leading towards us being able to make the difference that we say we want to make. Have a great day. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Our schedule's just been a little different this morning. I just realized, oh, okay. Time for me to go up. Amen. Well, we're just going to be a little bit different this morning. We're going to do our special offering that we haven't done in some time. And I figure it's Easter. Let's make sure folks are blessed financially. You're going to be blessed spiritually, but I want you to be blessed financially as well. Our day has been just wonderful, outstanding at 9 a.m. We had Pastor Cole preached at 9 a.m. service. And the Lord really spoke to us and blessed our heart, and we're grateful for her and for what the Lord is doing. Amen. And so the praise singers have been just outstanding. They have been a blessing to us, and we thank God for them as well. And so now I want you to be blessed financially. So if you plan to give, I want you to get your offering in your hand or however you want to get your offering out. Amen. Because I want you to uh, be blessed. If you don't have an offering to give this morning, someone didn't have an offering and they thought I was kidding when I said I'll give you an offering so you can give because that when I give it to you, it's yours and you have the choice to put it in a basket. And when you do, by faith, God blesses you because you gave. So if you don't have to give, I can give you something to give. But if you have to give, I want you to get it out and get ready to give because we want to be blessed. Amen. Anybody want to be blessed financially? Amen. Sister Cole talked about this morning that many of us, you know, have a loan that we're paying monthly on. Amen. And we got to, you know, and sometimes a lot of the, 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 the loans that we have are due and we can't afford to pay all of them. They're due at the same time. And what they say, we got to rob Peter to pay Paul. I don't know. Some of y'all young people know about that. Robbing Peter to pay Paul. It's just called moving your money around to make sure you're taking care of your uh, debtors and make sure everybody gets something. And so we're going to give this morning because we don't want to be a debtor. Amen. I don't want to be a debtor. I don't want to be a, 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 a borrower. I want to be a lender. Amen. And so it is God's will that we don't owe and that we're free from all debt and that we're able to live financial liberty. Amen. So stand with me. We're going to give this morning. Amen. Um, when we say we do our special offering, what we're saying is we're going to give this morning in declaration and uh, just proclaiming God's will over our life. And everything that we proclaim this morning, that is, it, it is God's will. And so we don't have to worry that we're saying something that just is made up. All of it is God's will. And so we're declaring God's will this morning as we give. So 
I want you to give this morning. Online congregation, I want you to be blessed financially. I want you to give as well. So remember how to give that you can go to our our, our app at myccc.faith um, or you can go to uh, Cash App. What is it? Dollar sign CCC 2711. Amen. You can tell I don't do this often. Hallelujah. And I'm one of the few ones that still write checks to give my offering. I don't know about you. I'm old school. I still write checks. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, these fancy new things, they have some of them make you pay a little fee. Well, when I write my check, I don't pay any fee at all. And so call me old school, but I'm still writing checks. So I get paid and I write out my tithes and offering check and laugh because I'm still, as long as the bank's still receiving checks, I'm still giving my check. Amen. Hallelujah. So get your offering in your hand and we're getting ready to declare um, our, we're not on the right statement. We need to go back a few clicks. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So this is a statement of faith decree. This is what we're doing as we give this morning. A statement of faith decree. So here we go. Um, it says here in Job 22, verse 28, thou shalt also decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon thy ways. We want the light to shine upon our ways. We want you to be blessed. And so here's what we're going to be decreeing this morning. You ready? Let's go. Upon the authority of your word, I have given to me, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I am a tither. I bring my tithe today into your storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked. The curse is broken. I live under an open heaven. You'll pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not room enough to receive it. We receive jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, my whole family saved and walking with God. Perfect health and abundance to walk in divine favor and blessing. I am blessed going in. I am blessed going out. All that I do will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. That's what you just declared. It's all biblical scriptural. So you can best believe and trust that God will answer that degree and that decree and see to it that we are blessed going in and blessed coming out and all that we decree today we will receive in jesus name father we thank you for the privilege the opportunity to bring our tithes and our offering into your storehouse that there will be room there will be meat i pray lord for every person that give this morning that your will be done in their life we pray that you will multiply this offering lord god and guide us in how it may be dispersed for your intended purpose. We thank and praise you. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. Bring your tithes and offering into the storehouse of the Lord.
Can we put our hands together? Can we put our hands together? Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. We're just going to worship the Lord one more time before the preach word. If we can invite everybody just to stand to your feet one last time. One last time. Amen. I search the world, but it couldn't kill me. And them to praise and treasures that they are never
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What a morning we've had so far. God has certainly been good to us. You know, God has done so many wonderful things and so many great and marvelous things for us that he can just chill and not do anything else, and he has done enough already. But he continues to still do and do and do for us. What a mighty God we serve. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We serve the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the wonderful Counselor, the Prince of Peace, the mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's thank him this morning. My God, my God, thank you, Jesus. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. We have a guest with us this morning. Amen. You may be seated if you can. We welcome all of you to Christ-centered church. To all of you that have joined us online, we welcome you. Amen. It's good to be with you. And I pray that you are worshiping and praising the Lord with us. And I pray that you're feeling where you are, what we're feeling right here. Amen. We have a guest with us this morning. By the way, as I mentioned this morning, um, Andre and Brooke visited us last, last week at our 9 a.m. service. And he brought his whole entire family back this morning. And they were with us. And we are grateful for that. We told them that they can't look for another church. We got to go gangster on them. They can't look for another church. This is their church. And so we thank God for them. And God is doing a great thing in their life. And amen. And this morning we have a guest with us. She is it's not the first time that um, um, I'm seeing her. I know her. And I thank God for her. Um, Sandra Chong. Sandra, can you just... Raise your hand so we can see you. <laughs> Amen. Sandra, we welcome you to Christ Center Church. Amen. This is her first time here. She has passed this fire station many a time, but she didn't know the real fire was inside. Amen. I told people yesterday when we were out witnessing and evangelizing, I said, listen, we're inside the fire station. And if you come, you'll get to experience a fire that won't burn you up. Amen. And so you're experiencing the fire. Amen, of the Holy Ghost, and we thank God for you being here, and I know you knew this place, and we've been here for a while, and you get a chance to come and worship with us, and we're grateful for you, amen. Sandra owns her own business, she does roofing, she and her team, and um, we continue to pray that God will bless her business, and that he will do great things for her and, and, and her family, and we thank God for visiting her. Every time I see her, um, I think of how... Um, sideways our world has gone Sandra because you know when we grew up in my country Sandra's from Jamaica by the way and um, <laughs> in in my country we always look for an opportunity to give you a nickname and 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 Sandra had some Chinese in her um, family and in Jamaica we're so terrible that if you have any kind of Chinese look everybody name is Miss Chin and Mr. Chin and nobody ever got upset. I don't know what's wrong with us today. And so I know Sandra. Don't call her Sandra. Miss Chin. You see in my phone when I need her, when there's a roof situation at my house, Miss Chin. <laughs> she don't have any problems with it. But that's how we were back home. And, and we do it all across the board, not just her. Whatever it is, whatever you look like, whatever you're from, we just name you that. Nobody got offended. Amen. The other day we were talking about um, somebody with one arm. And us Jamaicans started calling him Wani. Wani. 
And guess what? He good with it. And we all good with it. And nobody's offended. But man, you try that stuff nowadays in this country. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you hate crime and all kind of I'm like, what is our world doing? My Lord, we're just trying to have some fun and love one another and, you know, have endearment names that we call each other. And all of a sudden it's a problem. My goodness. But we welcome Sandra and we thank you for being here. God bless you. Amen. Make sure you go up to her and say hello to her before she leaves. Let her feel the love of Christ Center Church. Amen. Just a quick mention here. Ladies conference. Ladies, please try to make sure you see my wife and get together. Um, there's a ladies conference May 14th and you guys, you ladies need to register, I believe by May 2nd. And so we need for you to do it as quick as you can. They need a count. So please get registered as soon as you as soon as possible. We have a men's retreat coming June 10th and 11th for the men and men. We need you to register. I didn't register yet, but I'm going and I just need to get on there and register. So please register ASAP for our ladies conference and our men's retreat. Amen. Before I get started in the word of God, I just wanted to say to Brother Tom, thank you so very much. Brother Tom worked diligently in making sure our pulpit area looks very nice. Amen. He's always taking good pride in it. Amen. He takes pride in making sure the plants look nice and they're nice plants. We look we look nice, nice garden here. And then he got real creative on hanging the cross. Oh, my goodness. You know, we needed, we, we were like, where the cross, Brother Tom? He says, I'm coming. I'm getting to it. I'm going to get it done. I want to do something different. I want to do something nice. And man, when we came and saw the cross hanging, we said, yes, Brother Tom. Yes, Brother. It's hanging. And you notice it's empty. There's nothing on it. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Tom. Great job. And we thank you and appreciate you. Stand with me. We're going to go into the word of God. Again, it's good to see everybody. And you know what? It's good to see my dear sister. I, I, before you leave today, you got to come and let your big brother pray for you. I love my sister. I love her to death. And um, I haven't seen her in a while. And, you know, I just, she, 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 she is a strong woman and she do everything she can to stay strong. But, you know, as we know, all of us have uh, challenges that we face. And I want my baby, I want my sister to come before we dismiss today so I can pray for her. I love her dearly. I see her and she made my day. I saw her this morning. She made my day. I love her very much. We were we raised up together and we got a strong bond and I love her. And I'm glad she's here this morning on Resurrection Sunday. Thank you for coming here, sis. I, I you, you made my day and you encouraged me because you're here. Amen. Let's go to the book of, what is that? Um, we'll go to John chapter 11. And then we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Amen. John chapter 11 and then 1 Corinthians chapter 15. John chapter 11 verse 23 says this. Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 19. 
if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Jesus, we thank you for all you've done for us. Today, as we celebrate in specific your resurrection, we want you to be glorified in the midst of this congregation. Oh God, we praise you and honor you, for there is none like you. And oh God, today we ask that before we leave this place, you will do the miraculous. You will do what only you can do because we're desperately in need of the miraculous move of your spirit. We're desperately in need of the divine power of God to be unleashed in our life, in our situation. And we don't want to walk out of here without a touch from you, without an encounter, without a change. We want to leave this place, Lord. Oh, God, with a touch from you. I pray that you will open the hearts of your people, that they will open their hearts to your word, and that we will receive all that you will speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I want to talk to you today on this topic, empowered by the resurrection. Empowered by the resurrection. Last Sunday, we talked about, behold, the Lamb of God, didn't we? We said the Lamb shed his blood for the sins of the world. We talked about how his sequences of action leading up to his death mimicked that of the Passover with the killing of the Paschal Lamb. We said that Jesus Christ, who is Almighty God, manifest in flesh, we said that he gave his life once and for all by the shedding of his blood that we all can be freed from sin. Nobody has to live in sin. Nobody has to live with the burden of sin controlling them. Nobody has to live with strongholds in your life. Nobody has to live beneath the privileges of what God has for you. Nobody, because God took care of it when he went to the cross. Thursday, during Bible study, we talked about it is finished. That text was read this morning. We made it clear by scripture that Jesus died on Wednesday at about 3 p.m. and rose from the grave between 12 p.m. and 5.59 p.m. Saturday. Mm -hmm. We made it clear that the Jewish calendar is different from ours because their new day begins at 6.01 p.m. while our new day begins at 12.01 a.m. We talked about that. We talked about when he died on the cross and said, it is finished. That was to say, it is completed. It is perfected. It is accomplished. It is fulfilled. What I had set out to do. 
we also said, when he said, it is finished, that was the beginning for us, his children, to have everlasting life, to have salvation, to have new life. So what Jesus went to the cross to fulfill, to accomplish, to complete, it became the beginning for us. The beginning of new life. The beginning of salvation. The beginning of no more being ruled by sin and not having a way to be forgiven forever. But today, I want to talk to you about empowered by the resurrection. Empowered by the resurrection. If human life redeemed by Christ be limited to this world. God has committed a cruel mistake in creating mankind. You hear me? If human life that is redeemed by God through the shedding of his blood is only limited to this world, then God has committed a cruel mistake by creating us. In other words, if all we have to look forward to is what transpired while we're living on earth and then we die and that's it. If all that's all we have to look forward to, then God has committed a cruel mistake. The greatest of men becomes a terrible charge against God if all we have to look forward to is in this life. He has created appetites which he cannot satisfy if all that we have to look forward to is in this life. He has excited hopes which must perish, built a great ship and destroyed it because he cannot create the sea that it can flow in if all we have to look forward to is the things of this life. The scripture says, if in this life only... We have hope in Christ. We are of all men miserable. So if all we're looking forward to is to come to church and worship, that's not good enough. If all we're looking forward to is for God to bless us and heal us, that's not enough. If all we're looking forward to is for God to provide for us and do miracles for us, that's not enough because that's all in this life. The degree of misery can sometimes be regulated by hope. The hope of this life will make us most miserable because we will never be satisfied in this life. Don't lie to yourself, church. We, well, in case you don't know, let me just go ahead and tell you. You can never be really satisfied in this life because God never intended you or for me to be satisfied only in this life. This is why we can make plans and accomplish them and then we're done and then we say then what? That's why we can go out and work hard to earn money and purchase things that we want and then we get it and we say then what? We can do all that we want to do. We can achieve all that we need to achieve. We can obtain all that we want to obtain and in this life once you have done it, you know the question that comes to mind what's next 
Because we as a people that were created by God were not created to ever be satisfied and fulfilled in this life. But somehow we have got to the place where we're looking for satisfaction in this life. We're looking for fulfillment in this life. But church, I'm here to tell you this morning, your fulfillment will not come from this life. Your satisfaction will not come from this life. It's only going to come by Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified for your sins, who laid down his life and rose it up on the third day. That's the one that will bring you satisfaction. That's the one that will bring you fulfillment. Not whatever you're chasing in this life. In Colossians 1.27, the Bible says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is that? Which is Christ in you, the hope. Our hope is not in this life. Our hope cannot be this life. In First Peter 1 and 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Church, I'm here to tell you, our hope must be in Christ and not in this world. Whatever you're hoping for, it needs to be in Christ because where you will be fulfilled in Christ is where your hope lies and not in this world. Yes, we must do the things necessary to exist in this world. Yes, we have to have a roof over our head. Yes, we've got to eat food for the natural body. Yes, we got to do the things necessary to continue to exist in this life. But your hope cannot be in your retirement. Your hope cannot be in how much money you can accomplish, you can make. Your hope cannot be in your profession. Your hope cannot be in those things. We do those things because they're necessary to keep us moving in this life. But what we have to have hope in is Jesus Christ, the almighty God. That's what we need to have hope in and not in anything else. Everything else we're supposed to just be doing just to move through this life. If we have nothing to hope for on the other side of the grave, the Christian life will not be worth living. You hear me? If we don't have something else to hope for on the other side of the grave, this life that we're so joyful about and excited about, oh, it will not mean anything if there's not anything to hope for on the other side of the grave. If Jesus is our hope, then we must abide in him until our hope is fulfilled. <laughs> Some of the disciples, they lost hope when Christ was crucified and died. I don't know if you remember, but after Peter, <laughs> after Peter denied Christ and Christ got crucified and Peter realized he messed up, Peter got so dis- distressed that he just went back to doing what he always did. He went fishing. 
Because for many of the disciples, when Christ died, hope is gone. Mm -hmm. But when he rose from the grave on the third day, their hope was restored. You see, after they knew Christ had, and, and began following him before he was crucified, when they knew him and they were following him, they had hope. He was their hope. He had became their hope. But when he was crucified, they no longer had hope in this life. Their hope in him was all gone is what they thought. Mm -hmm. If Christ did not raise from the grave Christians uh, would have no hope beyond this life, but we know he is risen, the tomb is empty, and he ascended to heaven and sits on his throne. It is so important that we realize how significant, Matthew, that Jesus Christ rose. He took care of sin when he died, but when he rose, he took care of eternal life. Paul's argument when he presented it in 1 Corinthians that we read 15 and 20 and 21, I'm sorry, 19 and 20, Paul's argument advances where he started connecting the believer with Christ. Here's what he was doing. He says, Christ was the first fruit of those who obeyed his plan of salvation. Watch this. He said, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. You may say to me when you hear that Christ, Jesus Christ was the first fruits. Of all that died. You may say to me. What about Enoch and Elijah? I would answer. That they never died. They were translated. That they should not see death. They'll die again. But they'll die. The Bible says every man must die once. But just answer that question. You may remind me of the widow's son. Who was raised by Elijah. And the young men restored by Elisha. Yes. But these are not cases in point. They were raised, but they died again. All the instances in the Old Testament are only temporary restorations and, so, and also those in the New Testament. In no instance, save in that of Lazarus, were any of them buried at all. So that none of them came out of the grave, except for Lazarus. And even in the case of Lazarus, he lived when he was called out of the grave by Christ, but then he died. Mm -hmm. He died. He had a furlough from the tomb because he went back there. But at the expiration of his time here, the second time, he was committed back into the hands of him who created him and called him out of the grave the first time. Can I tell you this, church? Understand this. Death is a type of sowing. 
death is a type of sowing. Death in the natural, but death in the spiritual is a type of sowing. Resurrection is life and a type of reaping or harvesting. All right. I'm going to give you understanding here. John chapter 12. One of my favorite portion of scriptures. I love to evangelize and tell people about Jesus. This is one of some of the first texts that I dug into to learn about witnessing and reaching people. This is one of my favorites. Here we go. John chapter 12, verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth. Come on, people. I want you to know who your Savior is, man. I want you to get an understanding of who your Savior is, how his, his, his ways of being and, 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 and his laws and how he establishes them, how he fulfills them. Oh, my God. He, he made death to be a process of, 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 of sowing. Death was always a process of sowing because he knows you can't reap if you don't sow. He knows you can't bring forth the harvest if you never sow anything. He knows that. That's his principle. And he followed that principle all the way through so we can behold and we can see and understand it. And so in the natural, before I get to, well, in the spiritual, maybe this is the better way because the natural is when the physical death takes place. In the spiritual, nobody wants to sow, but we all want to reap. Nobody wants to sow, but we all want to reap. So let me help you with that a little bit more. In the spiritual, sowing is dying to self. In the spiritual, Sowing is denying what you think you need in your life. It's denying what you think you should do. Sowing is saying, I want the will of God to be done in my life. And the only way God's will can be done is if my will is no longer controlling my life. And if we're going to sow some things, it means we're no longer going to control our life. We're going to let God take control because that's how you die spiritually, denying yourself. Stop walking around. Oh, we're in a time where we're just pushing so hard to want to get what we want, to have what we want. We're, we're losing out on God so terribly because we want to do what we want. We're losing out on the power of God moving in our life because we want what we want. We want to do things the way we want to do them. We want to do things the way we think they should be done. And nobody is dying to self. Nobody is saying not my will. Nobody is saying this is how I feel. This is what I want. But you know what? Not my will, but God's will be done. Not my will, but God's 
right. I just want to have my own way. I just want to do what I want to do. But he said when he prayed, not my will, but thine will be done. And Brother D, it is such a travesty that we're battling and we're fighting and we're pushing so hard to get our ways instead of, instead of stopping and say, God, God, will somebody just pause for a moment and really, really deal with yourself and don't lie to yourself and don't lie to yourself. Will you just stop right now and say, God, I surely have been about my own business. I surely have been about getting what I want. I surely have been about my comfort. I have surely just been about how I want things to be. But God, not my will, but your will be done. I'm not just going to go and do what I want. I'm going to make sure, God, I check with you before I do what I want. Not my will. Can you imagine the one that created the heavens and the earth and everything in it? The one who created us. Can you imagine him saying, not my will? He had every right to say, yeah, whatever I want. Yeah, I want it to be this. I want it to be that. Because... He had the right to because he created everything. But he still said, not my will, but thine will. Verse 25 in John says, he that loveth his life. Y'all reading your Bible? Because I don't think we read these portions of the scripture. We just skip right over them. We don't want to hear what he had to say. And then when we get jammed up, we're wondering what's going on in our life. What's going on in your life is the part of the Bible you ain't reading. What's going on in your life is the part of the Bible you're not reading. Because you avoid it. You don't want to understand it. So guess what? It's going to, guess what? The Lord says, my word will not go out and come back void. My word will go out and accomplish that which it's supposed to accomplish. So whatever you don't read, that's up to you. But it's still going to happen because God's word is God's word. So guess what? Here's good news. We better go ahead and just read it and understand it and really understand how we need to live it out. Because his word will be fulfilled no matter what. He said, he that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. So if you always pushing what you want, I don't care if you got the title Christian. I don't care if you got the title child of God. I don't care if you got the title saint. If your life is consistent of you getting what you want all the time, I am telling you right now, that is not how you're going to please God and have eternal life. However, if you will just say, you know what, all that's in this life, all that's in this world is no big deal because all I want to accomplish is the things of the kingdom. And remember what I told you, take it from someone that has experienced it. God is so good that when you put all your focus and attention on the kingdom, he still gives you your heart desires. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And a lot of people get tripped up because they're waiting for the desires of their heart, and they're not getting it. But they didn't read the part that said, delight yourself in the Lord. 
And when you delight yourself in the Lord, what that means is I enjoy seeking first the kingdom. What that means is I enjoy being a vessel God can work through. What that means is when I see that somebody is struggling and need Jesus, I'm going to intercede and pray for them. What that means is I'm going to love people even when it hurt me, even when it makes, you know, it it challenges me. I'm going to love people. What it means is the things that I want, I'm going to sacrifice if God says I shouldn't do those things. I'm going to sacrifice. That's what it means. That's what it means. And so if we will get into a place of understanding that you don't have to be all caught up in this life in this world. Just be caught up in the kingdom. No sowing, no reaping. We all want to reap and we all want to harvest. But who wants to sow? And what that means in these terms, in this life, you need to deny yourself of some things. In this life, you need to say, you know what? As much as I would like that, it's not good for me. Mm -hmm. That's living for God. It's denying yourself of some things that your flesh wants. That's living for God. And sometimes we think that some people are, you know, different from you. Nobody's different. God didn't make anybody any different. The bottom line is some people have uh, matured to a place where they realize I have to deny myself of that if I want to please God. And some of you are still being spoiled. Spoiled brats don't get to heaven. God don't have no spoiled children. Not in the way you think anyway. When you seek the kingdom first, you will become spoiled and realize, man, God just takes good care of me. But the thing about it is, I, I don't know if I can get this across to us as, as, as much as I try to every time I try to explain it. When you really get to the place when the Lord says, seek ye first the kingdom or delight yourself in the Lord and he gives you the desires of your heart. When you get so wrapped up and consumed with the kingdom of God, in pleasing God, in denying yourself of the things that are not good for you, when you get so caught up in that, you're going to see the things that you would like, they will start to come your way. But the trick to that is you're so caught up in God that when they come your way, they're not that meaningful to you. I try to explain that many times, that that. We're struggling because we want to we want to have these things that comfort us. We want to have these things that we think are nice. We want to have these things that we want to feel like we've accomplished something. And and so we decide that, you know, if I give a lot to God, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do that. And so I got to just focus on just doing this. And once I'm done doing this, then I'll do God stuff. You'll lose every time on that. That's your way of working it out. Hey, listen, you're not God. So I understand I was thinking like that at one time, too. But when I come to know God, I realize God is about all or nothing. All or nothing. He wants all of you. He don't want some of you. So you dividing up your life and saying Sunday, Thursday, God get that. But like, you know, Monday, my job, Monday through Friday, my job, get that. You can't divide yourself like that with God. You have to give your life to God and then everything else comes after. But when you live that lifestyle, that's how you begin to begin to accomplish the things that you desire. That's how you begin to obtain them. But once you start getting them, it's like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to do that. 
because God will bless you. But now your head is on your shoulder properly. So now you know how to handle the things that come your way that God blesses you with. As a matter of fact, as I told you before, God will bless you so abundantly when you focus on the kingdom that you'll start giving away stuff. Because you realize if I pile all this stuff up on me, then it's going to weigh me down and distract me from serving God. So let me give away some of this stuff so I'm not distracted. Uh-oh, nobody understand that level yet, huh? Okay. Back to that scripture. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruit, first fruits of them that slept. That text, the first fruit meant it was a pledge, a pledge of the harvest to come. Let me get this, because this is good to me. So if you don't get it, if you don't think it's good, it's all right. I think it's good. The first fruits were a pledge of the harvest to come. The first fruits not only was a pledge, but was a representative of the whole. get in a second. When the first fruit sheaf had been weighed before God, it was considered that all the harvest had been brought into the storehouse. The first fruit when it was weighed or presented, first fruit means singular, right? When the first fruit was weighed before the priests and weighed before God, it was a guarantee that the rest of the harvest was already in the storehouse. They weren't getting ready to get the harvest. The harvest was already a harvest. It was just them saying, here is proof of what the harvest is going to look like. When you go and see the harvest, here is what it's going to look like. First fruit. The first fruit was always the best. So when you saw the first fruit, you had an idea what the harvest would look like. Oh, somebody help me this morning. Woo-hoo. Help me, Jesus. So when Christ, you hearing me? When Christ rose as a heave offering, you don't understand. When Christ rose from the grave, he was a heave offering. He was the first fruit from the, from the sepulcher. He was the first fruit when he went among the people as a wave offering. When he moved about, when they saw him, he was the first fruit. When he walked around, when he moved from the, came up out of the grave and walked around, he was the first fruit. He was showing himself to say, look, I'm the first fruit of the resurrection. I'm the first fruit. Look at this. And he moved about and he met with the apostles. He was showing them first fruit, baby. First fruits. So it's more that's going on. God is so You all see how specific he is? You all see how intentional he is? Let me stop you and tell you at the moment, uh, we as Christians uh, have to live our life on purpose uh, and intentional. We can't just be tossed by the wind uh, to and fro like the seas. Uh, We have to live our Christ-centered life intentionally. Intentionally. You can't wake up and just say, well, we will see how it go. You have to be intentional. Why are you saying this, preacher? Because God was intentional. He was specific. He was concise. He was precise. He was intentional. And so when he got up out of that grave and moved about, 
It was him waving the first fruit offering. It was him waving the heave offering, saying, look at the first offering. Look at the first offering. Look at the first offering. He was showing them what was to come. Somebody say amen. He was showing them what was supposed to come. So let me tell you, when he got up out of the grave and he walked about as the first fruits, he was saying, you see this? There's a harvest like this that's coming. There's a harvest like this that's coming. There's a whole harvest that's getting ready to get up out of the grave one day. There's a harvest that will raise up out of the grave and they will live and never die. There's a harvest that's coming and you are going to see it. And I'm showing you the first fruit of it right now. Christ risen from the grave is the first fruit and the harvest which is the church will eventually follow behind. The harvest is coming. The question is, will you be a part of that harvest? Will you be a part of the harvest? Because he's already proven that, guess what? The first fruit has been showing. So with the first fruit showing, you guaranteed to have a harvest. The question to you and me today is, will we be a part of the harvest? He proven to us, he has proven to us, there is no guessing. There is no, let me contemplate. There is no, let me put some plans in place. There is none of that. The harvest is already guaranteed. You never show the first fruit except the offering that the harvest is already brought in. And in the mind of God, the harvest is already brought in. In the mind of God, there's already a resurrection of his church. In the mind of God, it is done. I'm done. If you don't catch it from there, can't give it to you no other way. Christ, the first fruits, his people, the plentitude of the ingathering. Hence, we learn that the resurrection of Christ, you ready for this, is inseparable from that of his people. <laughs> Christ cannot be complete without his people. I know the Bible talks about he's complete. But just for a second here, let me give you some understanding. Oh, God. God designed the plan of God for him to be completely complete when him and his bride, his body, are together. Church, I'm here to tell you, Christ cannot be complete without his people. He is divine, but we are the branches, and you can't have a tree that don't have branches for it to bear fruit. So he needs the branches. Help me today, almighty God. Help me today, almighty God. He is the head, but we are the perfection of the, where is the perfection of the head? The head needs a body, and we are the body of Christ. Woo! Guess what? He is the husband, but you can't be a husband. There's a resurrection that's coming. There's a resurrection that's coming. The harvest of the resurrection is coming. The bride will be ascended. The bride.
Church, hear me today. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. He was the first fruit. He wanted it to be known that just like I'm rising out of this grave, just like I'm coming forth, just like I'm coming, oh, out of the grave, guess what? I'm the first fruit. But there's a harvest. There's an ingathering that's coming after me, that's coming behind me. But I wanted you to see the first fruit. Church, you hear me today? Jesus is coming. I read in the scriptures and I saw, I've been studying all throughout the scripture this, this, this week of, of, of the Passover lamb and him giving his life. I've been reading and I'm still not sure what to make of it, Ethan. But every time you read throughout it, you see scriptures here that it seems like the disciples and other people were, 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 were just like amazed when they heard or they, they were just not even coherent when they heard that Jesus had rolled from the grave. What was that? What was that that the people that walked with him, they, what, they just dismissed it because they were around dead people that never rose. So they just figured, hey, we'll just chalk it up to maybe the master was saying something that we could never understand. Maybe the master was saying something about the future. I don't know. But they was kind of incoherent as to whether or not he was raising from the grave. And I keep saying, God, what is that? What is it? What was it that they weren't waiting like, the, like you know, running to the tomb? They all, not just these couple of women. Why weren't all of them running to the tomb? Why weren't all of them like sleeping by the tomb door or something? Because they knew you were getting up out of that grave. Why weren't they there? I don't know the answer to that. But what I took out of it for myself was this. I'm not going to make that mistake that they made. They weren't looking for his resurrection. And guess what? He didn't tell us today who are the children that are living now to wait for the resurrection because the resurrection already happened. You know what he told us to wait for? He's telling us to. he's coming back. He's coming back. And that's what we better look for, the return of the Lord. We better live like we know God is coming back. One day he's going to crack the sky and the dead in Christ shall rise first. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to live my life like I didn't expect this. I don't want to live my life caught up in this world like I didn't expect for God to return. I don't want to live my life like, oh, I didn't understand what he meant by that. I've got Noah. Noah built an ark that nobody understood what he was doing. So I'm not, I got that as proof. Amen. I got when Abraham and, 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 and Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah and he says, I'm getting ready to destroy it. I got that, that he did what he said he was going to do. I got it. I watched scripture. I'm reading through it. And I know whatever God said, that's what he meant. And that's what he did. And so today. He says, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Romans chapter 11 Verse, verse uh, chapter 8, verse number 11, it says this. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth. Are you preparing? 
for the return of the Lord. Because either way, there's a resurrection to meet him. If you're dead and you're in the grave and you have lived a life complete in Christ, you will raise up out of that grave. And if you are walking, living, serving God, your body will be transformed as a body of Christ. I don't know if you remember when he rose from the grave, he moved about and he walked through walls. We're going to have that kind of body. So either we're living when he returns and our body will be transformed to meet him in the air. Or if we're dead in the ground and buried, we're going to raise up out of that ground and meet him in the air. Let me say it street style. Sleep on God if you want. Sleep on him if you want. I watched, I read in scripture how they kept sleeping on him. They kept sleeping on him. For whatever the reason is, they kept sleeping on God like they didn't understand what he was saying. Or I don't know what they were thinking. But I'm going to try to learn from them so I don't sleep on God. Whatever he says, that's what he's going to do. Verse 12 says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. So now I'm finishing up here. Read this, read this text. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Why do you think the scripture is saying that? The scripture is saying that because we can only be raptured out of here by the power of the spirit. So if we invest in the flesh, it's a guarantee we will not leave this life to be with him. We have to live according to the spirit. Maybe this week you all need to do a study on your own. You've heard it preached many times, but just go and do a study. Homework today. Everybody, homework. Galatians chapter 5. Read from verse. You can read, read the entire chapter. Let's just go there. I was going to tell you, just read a certain portion of it. No, no, read the whole chapter. That's homework. Because I want you to understand the difference between spirit and flesh. Because if we're going to rapture out of here because of the spirit and not according to the flesh, we better know what the deeds of the flesh are and we better know what the deeds of the spirit is. So we can do the deeds of the spirit. So when time come where God cracked the sky and now ready to rapture us home, we will be ready because we would have lived according to the spirit. First Thessalonians chapter 14 verse 13 says, but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Christ, in Jesus, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord wherefore comfort one another with these words sleep on God if you want 
Sleep on God if you want and keep on going to do your own thing and keep on letting the flesh get the best of you. Sleep on God if you want. Oh, God, I don't say that in a really, in a, in a ignorant, dogmatic way. I say that with my heart broken because I said the other day, I don't know what else to do because it just seemed like people don't want to know Jesus. It just seemed like people don't want to live for Jesus. And even those that think they want to live for Jesus don't seem to want to give what is necessary, what is required for them to live for Jesus. And so my heart is breaking because I'm seeing people struggling. I'm seeing people hurting. I'm seeing people can't get where they want to get to. And they won't trust God. They won't surrender to God. They won't obey his word. They won't be holy. They won't be righteous. They won't stand up for God. They won't stand up for righteousness. And I'm saying, church, people, why won't we do what God says? Why don't we do what God has already said? We cannot make the same mistakes that our brothers and sisters in the Lord has made. Meaning, God made promises to them. He told them so many things, and they slept on them, and it happened. And when it was happening, it was like a strange thing to them. I don't want the return of the Lord to be strange to me. I don't want it to be a surprise to me. It made me surprised that I didn't know the day and the time. That will be the surprise. But it won't be a surprise because I would have been watching. I would have been praying. I would have been serving the Lord. I would have been doing what God has required of me so I can meet him in the air. (laughs) Oh God, if you will, church, You can be empowered by his resurrection, but that can only be through obedience. You can be empowered by the resurrection of Christ, but you have to obey. You can't play around with anything that he says. You have to obey his word. You have to trust in him. You have to follow him. And like the preacher says this morning, you got to stop today and say, that's it. That's it. Today, today, I'm going to make my decision. Today, today, I'm going to make my declaration that I can't do what I want to do anymore. I have to trust God. I have to get myself right by surrendering my life to him. By giving myself to him, by obeying him, by trusting him, by looking for him. Oh, God, watching and praying. Stand with me, church. We are empowered by the resurrection. If the Spirit of Christ abide in us and we continue in him we will be resurrected out of the grave when he returns we will be transformed into a light body as of Christ if we're living Jesus is coming and we need to be ready and watching for his coming Jesus is coming church and you can mark it down that Jesus is coming he can't tell a lie He is not a deceiver. We we heard this morning, Satan is the liar. Satan is the deceiver. Jesus cannot lie. He cannot deceive. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. Jesus cannot lie to you. 
And if he said he's coming, he's coming. Oh, hallelujah. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Somebody, before you walk out of here today, why don't you surrender your life to God completely? Surrender your life completely to God in every way, in your words, in your deeds, in in your dress, in, in your conversation, in your actions. Why don't you surrender completely to God? Why don't you let God have his way today in your life? He's coming back. He's coming back. He is the first fruit of the resurrection. And he's going to bring his harvest with him. The question is, will you be a part of his harvest? Will you be a part of his harvest? Oh, hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we don't want to leave this place today without surrendering ourselves to you. Why don't you find some place just to talk to the Lord just for a few moments before we leave here? Why don't you talk to him and surrender your life to him? Why don't you give yourself to him today and let him have his way in you? Why don't you make this word real to you today? Why don't you just let God have his way in your life and not go in your own way? Oh, Oh, God, help us today. God, touch us today in a special way. Deliver us from evil, Lord God. Deliver us from our strongholds, Almighty God. Break the invisible chains that binds us and deliver us from our strongholds, Almighty God. In the name of Jesus. Father, as your word has gone out today, let it take root into our hearts and grow and produce good fruit. Let the Spirit of the Lord move upon us, Almighty God, in a way that we've never experienced before. Oh, God, as your word has gone forth, Lord God, bring it clear to our mind that we may become doers of your word and not just hearers only, oh, God. Oh, God, strengthen your people. Oh, God, reveal yourself, if you will, to your people that they will have faith, Lord God, and no longer walk in ignorance and darkness. I thank you today for your word, Lord God. Oh, God, I thank you for your word, Lord God. Bless your people today and give them strength, Lord God. Guide them in the way that they must go and in the thoughts that will come into their mind. Guide those thoughts. Strip them from the thoughts of ungodliness and unrighteousness and let the power of God move upon them. We thank you today for your word. We thank you for what you've done in this place today, Lord God. We thank you for the hearts that you've spoken to, Lord God. We thank you for using each and every one of us, Lord God, that you use today, Lord. For how you've ministered to us, Lord God. And for what you have done among us and in us, Lord. We thank you for it. Oh God, we don't want to walk away from this place today without, oh God, a renewing of the strength of your power. We don't want to walk out of this place today without the word of God being solidified in our spirit, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God is speaking to somebody's heart right now. 
God is speaking to somebody's mind right now. Hear the voice of God. Follow his instructions and do what he tells you to do. Oh, God, we thank you today and we praise you. There is none like you, Lord. There is none like you, Lord. I worship you. I praise you. I honor you and I thank you. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul and all that's within me. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, praises be unto your name. Praises be unto your name, oh, great God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this day, Lord God. Thank you for all you've done, Lord God. We give you praise and honor. We thank you today, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Church, God rose from the grave to be the first fruit of the resurrection. To prove to us that there's a harvest that will be risen from the grave. And we can be a part of that harvest. We can be a part of that great ingathering of those who would raise from the grave when the trumpet sounds. It's up to you. You can't do it on your own. You got to do it with the help of the Lord, by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Father, we love you. As you dismiss us from this place, keep us in your hands, Lord. Protect us as we go. But more importantly, Lord, we want to be saved. We want to be ready. We want to be, oh God, in gathering. We want to be part of the harvest that will raise from the grave to meet you in the sky. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. We love you, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. We bless your name, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, according to your will, I bind every work of the adversary in her life. I bind every work of Satan in her life. In the name of Jesus Christ. I come against every work of Satan in her life. In the name of Jesus Christ. And today I command every invisible chains to be broken. I command every strongholds to loose you. I pray new life today. I pray today that every force of darkness and evil that has come against you will be pushed back by the power of God. I loose upon you today new life. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, I pray the power of God will overshadow you even now and the glory of the Lord will be revealed unto you and the Spirit of God will give you strength and you'll receive new life. Lord, save her soul. Now God, now God, 
Will you move in her home? Will you move in her home? Will you move in her home? Every work of the adversary I come against in the name of this. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Will you move in her kitchen? In their bedrooms, in her bathroom, throughout that house, Lord God, will you move? Oh, God, will you clean by your power that home, Lord? Will you move in that home, Lord? Will you, oh, God, bring peace in that home? Will you let your joy fill that home? I loose righteousness in that home. I loose the Spirit of God in that home. I loose the power of the Holy Ghost in that house, Lord God. Oh, oh, oh. I bind every spirit. I bind every spirit that is not of God in your home. I bind every spirit that is not of God in your life. I bind every spirit that have come against you in the name of Jesus. And I cast them in outer darkness. I cast them in outer darkness. Oh, God, touch her mind today and make her mind clear. Give her new thoughts, fresh thoughts, holy thoughts, righteous thoughts. Oh, God, thoughts of you, thoughts of peace. Oh, God, let her walk in liberty from this day on. Give her understanding and clarity and wisdom. Bless her going and her coming. Touch her body. I pray for healing from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, that you'll make her whole, and that she will be healed and strengthened. Ah, let your love consume her now, Lord. Let her experience your love, O oh God. Let her feel your touch now, God. Let her experience, oh God, your love and your touch and your grace and your mercy. Let her experience, oh God, eternal life. Woo! In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Give the Lord some praise, church. Come on, let's thank the Lord today. God is great and greatly to be praised. Father, I love you. I thank you today for your goodness and your mercy, for your kindness, your grace. Lord, as we go from this place, let your hand be upon us as we say thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for laying down your life and raising it up just for us. And that you will not deny yourself, for Lord, you hold all things together. We go now, but Lord, we want to be kept in your love in your peace and your grace. Have your way today. In Jesus' name. God bless you, church. Have a great rest of your day.